You're listening to the SpyFi After Dark Podcast. All right, and we are back, SpyFi After Dark, once again. What's going on, everyone? As always, <coughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter at Millen Tweets and Instagram at Millen Grams. We appreciate the support. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, dog. Especially if you're on YouTube. So anyways, the main topic for today was uh, life experiences. Oh, yeah. Did you want me to start? Sure. Sure. I mean, we went to AS2 together. We met at AS2. And we've been pretty close ever since. Um, But, yeah, I wanted to talk about, like, just any kind of life experience you've had that's been impactful, whether you've shared it with me or not. Um, I had some conversations recently with people I've reached out to about this and it can get pretty deep. So, so you got, you got inspired. Yeah, I got ex- exactly. I got inspired. I'm like, you know what? Like, I feel like this can be a lot of fun to talk about. Um, so, okay. Well, I mean, I have a few, but I think the one that's most significant is, um, a trip that I took and it's kind of a recurring theme for me. A lot of those moments of self-discovery and self-reflection come from travel something about being taken out of my normal routine. And I think just in doing so, I no longer think about the things I normally think about every day. So my bandwidth is like completely open to think about new things versus like having to keep up with 50% of it or 60% Mm -hmm. of it or more. Um, So I took a trip to Mexico um, and it's been almost a year and a half now. It was December, 2018. By the way, Mexico on the Caribbean side, because I went to Cancun during winter is beautiful. Like it was actually hot because it was humid. So I was sweating a lot, but Mm. like the ocean was bathwater temperature. It was amazing. So if you do uh, want to travel at some point to, to Mexico or the Caribbean or something like that, do it in like December or January. It's also like, and if you do it like early December, there's low, low traffic too. You do it outside a holiday, like in between the two holiday seasons and then January post holiday season. So it won't be as expensive and it's just really nice. So anyways, I went on this trip and I went on this trip with a bunch of people from a Facebook group that I had never met before in person, but we had all been connected through this group and, and the founder of the group put together the trip. And uh, I don't know exactly what made me say, fuck it, I'll do it. But something made me decide to just go ahead and do it and go kind of pretty far outside my comfort zone. Um, it was a nice, I mean, we went to a resort, all-inclusive kind of place. It was a lot of fun. People I went with were great. Um, for me, the big things I learned was that I went with, I went with kind of no expectations. Mm-hmm. I think intentionally before I left, I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy this. Um, I didn't really know what these people would be like per se. Some of them had a little bit more of a public facing persona than others. So I had like an idea, but I didn't really know concretely what they'd be like. But I figured, you know what? They're probably decent people. I'll probably have a good time. And I'm just not going to really worry about anything and just go and enjoy it. And so I did. And the main lessons I learned for me were that um, 
it sounds kind of weird to say, but people enjoyed being around me. And it was something that I had a hard time accepting in my normal life of like me being a positive influence in someone's life, which I think probably comes from some, some sort of complex created through going through divorce as a kid and all that stuff. But that was the most profound thing is I went with these total strangers who didn't know me. Like they didn't owe me anything, you know, we just happened to be in the same place at the same time for an extended period of time. And I made friends easily and they all like, they were all like trying to get me to join Instagram at the time. And so it was just, it was an experience where it really showed me my self-worth. I think more than anything I'd ever done before. And that's so, so profound about it. I understand completely. I can relate with what you had brought up before about traveling and how your bandwidth opens up because essentially a bunch of stressors in your life are like put on hold. So you're able to like look at things fully. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you still keep up with some of these people. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. So it had lasting effects too. Yeah. Not only for your confidence, but also, you know, just getting to know more people, Mm -hmm. opening your, I saw one of them again in person in Nashville when I went this year. So that's awesome. And I still keep up with a lot of them on Facebook. Do you encourage this kind of spontaneity for young professionals or just people in general? Absolutely. What made you like do it in the beginning? So I, I mean, you had no expectations. It was all set up through Facebook, but like, like what, cause this idea and this decision to do this is not common or normal. Like I never heard of anybody else doing this. So really? Yeah. Well, I remember that originally when the trip was posed, um, everyone was going to have, you'd basically sign up on your own and then would, uh, check in with the group. And, um, it was too expensive at the time on my own. But then like a month later, and this would have still been a couple months before the trip itself, the, the host, the organizer, the creator of this Facebook group put together and said, I will buy a, a, like a larger room and you can split it across multiple people. So it's a little bit more economic, economical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when she did that, cause I had looked seriously about doing it the first time when she posted it. And then when she did that, uh, she reached out to me early on because I was one of the first people to ask her about the trip. And then I just sort of did the math and I was like, you know what? I think I can do that. Uh, so let's do it. I don't really know if there was like a specific catalyst. I think part of me just wanted to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, the whole thing was so outside my comfort zone on a lot of levels in terms of A, going with strangers and B, going on a trip to a place that's like, it's like a luxury trip. Like being luxurious to myself at that time was a foreign concept. Right. Like I wouldn't. Defied your routine. Yeah. No, I wouldn't wouldn't spend money on myself Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know. I'd buy myself like a little thing here and there 
everything was for general functionality, but, right? Yeah, pretty much everything had utility. Yeah. You know, aside from like buying a video game or something. I remember that. Yeah. So there are very few purchases I made purely for the, in the sense of like, I deserve this. Yeah. Or like indulgence kind of thing, like enjoying it to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, And since then my attitude has obviously changed, Um, especially this year. It really kicked into overdrive this year and it helped that this year I have much more disposable income. So Mm -hmm. I can, I can do those things that, I mean, I consider a lot of cases, not all of them, but a lot of those are like investments in yourself to a certain degree, depending on the context. Um, and actually, even the original trip was kind of pitched a little bit like a networking trip because the Facebook group were all people who are like young entrepreneurs or people who are want or interested in that lifestyle. So I figured it would even be practical in that sense of getting to know some people with those interests because I certainly identify with that. Yeah. I, I'll say this before. I mean, just to interject, you can continue. Like I've noticed that as I get older that like I do things generally in a particular way specific to me and like you might do things your way. People do things their way, right? And like we all have like different routines and interests and preferences, but I always feel like your mindset is so important regarding how you live or how you position yourself in life. Because what I mean is like you could like be outgoing and do these kind of things and you could do it just for the sake of doing it just for indulgence or you could also be doing the exact same thing but like doing it for yourself i feel like just awareness and having the mentality that like you can do things in life to better yourself does that make sense like you can do a lot of things like what i mean is like you could for instance you could spend money on like nice clothes Mm -hmm. and and like try to optimize how you look and you could do that just because of like a primal like desire to not be insecure or you could do it because you want to elevate like how you position yourself socially or how you're taken like at work. Like it's weird. It's the same action. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You have to treat yourself like the person you want other people to treat you like first. And it's like, it's literally the difference between that or like, like going on this trip because you want to like open up and you just want to like explore and like be liberated or going because you think it'll have lasting impacts on like literally the only difference is your perspective. But you're doing the same thing. So I'm mm-hmm. saying like people do a bunch of things differently than each other. But like what makes those things I think valuable is how, like how you approach in your mindset when you're doing it. Like I could go to the gym, for instance, just for the sake of like enhancing. You go to the gym for vanity or you yes. go to the gym for personal development. And like like to structure my week to help yeah. me structure. Like there's it's weird. It's like just a slight difference in how you look at something. Not really what you're doing. I've noticed as I'm getting older. It's like, it's okay to do things a certain way. Just make sure you're doing, you know, you have like the right mindset behind it. Yeah. I mean, I think in, in the case of my trip, there's a very 
a very thin line between going on something like that because you just want to have a good time and feel pampered for a week or most of a week. And you want to go because you want to treat yourself better than you've ever treated yourself before. And there's a, and there's like, there's nothing wrong with either, but it sounds like, you know, because you, because you were like self-aware of the fact that this had like unique benefits to you. Well, I mean, I only realized a lot of this stuff afterwards. Yeah. Slash when I was there. You said you had no expectations anyway. Yeah. But like in the future, you know. When I was going, I mean, I was kind of, I was basically justifying it to myself with that practical reason of I'll meet people in my space for the most part. And then also uh, as it got closer, I was like, you know, it'll also be pretty fun. I think that part like started creeping up. But then once I was there and particularly when I was after, I was like, oh, this was actually much more meaningful than I even thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So if you are out there and you have, and you have the means to travel like this, I mean, not everyone does. Um, it's a good idea. Yeah. I actually had plans this week or week this year prior to um, the quarantine uh, early in 2020. I told myself um, this year, because I have been saving PTO. I don't really use it much um, currently. And I uh, wanted to schedule a number of Fridays off, pretty cliche, and do weekend trips to go visit friends. I have a close friend in Boston, a friend in Seattle, um, two in the Bay Area, one in Texas. And I wanted to... And San uh, Diego, right? Yeah, well, I have friends, but like in terms of like who I wanted to visit, yes, but who I wanted to visit like mm-hmm. this year, people that pretty much I was trying to reach out to people I hadn't um, hung out with, okay, you know, and just good friends of mine. And also these people have like made efforts to reach out to me. Usually mm-hmm. I'm the one that make, makes the effort, you know, and that's fine because when you do that, like your relationship with whomever will like be predicated on that. It's like if you constantly reach out to a friend it's not that he or she will consciously want you to reach out first necessarily it's that that's how it works so you just get used to it do you know what i'm saying but it is nice to like i'm older than you it is nice too and like i see certain friends that aren't hitting me up because of conditions conditions being like that we work together or like we see each other often like these people are like uniquely or independently growing as I'm independently growing from them. And like, we're parting ways just by being away from each other, but they still make that effort. It takes a lot of like consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like with a quarantine, for instance, like certain people reached out to me and I'm like, all right, like I don't count you because we do this. Mm-hmm. We're, we live here. We yeah. have like similar. Yeah. It doesn't count. I'm talking people that live out of the state, like people I've known prior. Yeah. There's no and, barriers. Yeah. And with the quarantine, we're all less busy can't let it's not let's not pretend here um so it's it's you know this was actually a good learning experience for me too um i've been closer to my family and like certain friends that i haven't kept up with uh it's been refreshing but um no anyway so yeah regarding like experiences i would say like one powerful experience for me actually wait Let's take a quick break. Okay. We'll be back in a a hot second.
Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Millen Singh, host of SpyFi After Dark. I'm here to just please ask you to rate and or subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. It really makes a really big difference to us and it makes us feel really good about ourselves. So you really should just do it for that reason alone, honestly. But seriously, it boosts our organic search rankings and makes it easier for people to find the podcast. And so it would really help us out a lot if you could shoot us a rating, subscription, whatever's applicable on whatever platform you might be listening on. Anyways, that's it for me. Let's get back to the episode. back all so, right so alex you're about to tell the story i mean my story is not as interesting but it was no. impactful give um, yourself some credit yeah well uh i was at asu this was 2009 and uh fall semester and i didn't want to be at asu i went because it was the practical thing to do being from Arizona, full ride required nothing. I was like a, a living, breathing person, so I got a full ride kind of thing. But um, <laughs> it's like, all right, man. If only they kept that up. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to go on a road trip, and that had a lot of reasons to do so at the time. And uh, I ended up becoming friends with some. This is obviously before your time. Um, I met, you know, some some guys at, uh, in Barrett, which was the honors college, brand new at the time. And I told them like my spiel and why I want to go on this road trip. And uh, they heard my story and like we essentially became friends. Like. Wednesday, a Wednesday. And I got like into the story when I when I ran to the thing again the next day, which was the Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then we planned a trip to Cali like that afternoon. <laughs> and then I met them at their place at like 1 a.m. Picked them up and we left. And we all skipped our <laughs> classes on Friday. I didn't know these guys. Wow. So it's not really similar. Um, but for me, it was a very liberating trip because I was brought up very sheltered from Gilbert. You know, uh, it was definitely beautiful to be brought up with, um, you know, a kind of a loving household being in Gilbert, like low crime, just not a lot of things to worry about. Um, yeah. So born and raised in Arizona. Um, I hadn't seen or been exposed to much. I really wanted to go on this trip. Uh, My parents didn't want me to go, but they actually allowed me to, which was very surprising. Is this one where you went to Santa Barbara? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Went to Santa Barbara and I won't get into like the details of anything, but regarding like over there, but I, it impacted me quite a bit. The trip just because the school over there was like crazy about like the partying and all that kind of stuff. And ASU was too, just on another level. But really like the takeaway from the trip was that, um, I stood for my, I stood up for myself. Some stuff happened over there that was I'll say negative, like not good towards me. Um, and it was constant during the trip. And like somehow I enjoyed the trip. And my boys, like these guys I barely knew, like really had my back. And I think it was more more than the fact that I was there right home. 
Um, <laughs> we became very close after the trip. Do I know any of them? I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, they're my age and I don't even know if they live in Arizona anymore. Mm. Um, maybe you might know one of them. I don't know if he's stuck around, but yeah. So the trip was an eye opener um, because nothing like ever negative had really happened to me growing up. And I never had like friends or like pseudo friends, like betray me like this, you know, just things like that. And like being like out of my comfort zone, like being out of Arizona, like I didn't know anybody on the trip and things were happening. I had to be like very quick on my feet. Mm. I mean, even the trip, even like the drive itself made me grow because I had never been on a freeway. Wait, for real? Yeah. I avoided. Wow. So I avoided freeways my first semester, like up until after the trip. I took essentially, for those of you that don't know. Did you not live on campus? No, I never lived on campus. Oh. Not officially. Actually, that's, I have a lot of stories about that. I can get into that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I never lived on campus, but I lived on campus. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit in an episode from season one. Yeah. But yeah. yeah you and I talked about like college and like work-life balance after college. And mm-hmm. yeah, then we dabbled, I think a little bit on that, but, but yeah, like just driving to LA, just the whole trip like impacted me quite a bit because I felt like I had to constantly adapt to situations. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Like we missed exits on the way to the school. We, when we got there to hang out with some people, like, things weren't going our way and like I I just had to be like adaptable and make the best out of every situation at every point in time over the course of the weekend and then drive them back and and come home. And, um, and yeah, it was just a, even though it was a weekend, I grew so much out of it. Um, and I feel like it impacted me permanently too. Just the way I like look at situations and, Social awareness, I feel like uh, I it spiked for me out of nowhere. I started paying closer attention to people's like intent behind things. And yeah, I don't want to say I became more defensive, but I like, and you know me, like I'm sometimes borderline neurotic about like being very critical of like people's intent and like behavior and all of that. And I feel like that, like that experience was one of the experiences that caused it. Hmm. Um, yeah, so there was, I mean, there's that. And I, and, and what you touched on before, like, aside from this trip, there had been other trips throughout college, road trips to California and things like that, because California is just so accessible. Um, I've gone to Mexico as well. Nowhere in deep Mexico, and I really need to. I'm definitely missing out, but like. Did Ensen- you go to Rocky Point? Rocky Point, like twice, and like Ensenada, but like, that's, it's hardly Mexico. Um, yeah, I feel like Rocky Point doesn't count. It doesn't. It doesn't because it's, it's basically an extension of California. Yeah. Like a poor extension. And I yeah. mean that in like multiple senses. It kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, From and what I hear, it's pretty, pretty, pretty rough. It's rough. It's a border town. Border yeah. towns are usually rough. It's sad. Pretty rocky. <laughs> Point taken. Yeah. Um, and another problem with, sorry to go on a tangent, but another problem with Rocky Point is that Rocky Point is so like hyper catered to tourism that there's like this crazy dichotomy. You have like the city, which is like poor, 
and and then you have like these ridiculous resorts like a couple of miles away and there's like no reason to not be at the resort Mm -hmm. but that like you're essentially not in mexico you're like isolating yourself there's nothing it's just barren i think i think cancun is pretty similar in that regard i think there's more going on in the city so i only went into the city once when i did go there got it um and we didn't see much how's the food out there it was so all the food i ate was at the resort was it good though i i same here by the way mainly um it was generally good there were some things that were not as good as they could be um but depending on where you went within the resort generally it was pretty good there were definitely some because there's like like 13 different restaurants or something it's a really big resort resort that's awesome uh it would take you a good 20 to 25 minutes to walk across the whole thing what yeah maybe like 15 if you were brisk and you like took the right shortcuts or whatever oh so it wasn't tall no it was wide. Well, I prefer that. I that's, do too. That's way no. All th- the, that doesn't all count. All the buildings were no, were th- three stories tall. No, no, that's Maybe different. Four? That's that's like a villa. That's different. You can enjoy the, like the resorts that I'm talking about in um, Puerto Penasco, Rocky Point. The majority of them are just very very tall hotel esque resorts. Yeah, where like you have poolside and things like that around the perimeter, but mm-hmm. the perimeter is very small. And like, you know, were there any like restaurants on, on campus, so to speak? Yeah. But like not 25, like three and they're good, but like you're, it's more sheltered and you're, there's more isolation from resort to resort and within the resort. Like unless you're at the pool drinking. At one of the tall buildings you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's essentially just like rooms. Most of it's rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Rooms. Um, I think they're, there are villas or like that style of resort in Rocky Point, but the majority, the popular ones are put together like tall hotels, essentially. That just means people are stupid, man. Yeah. Like I would go to the beach and like join random volleyball games and stuff. But the one I went to was, first of all, it was beachfront, right? So they had a good stretch of beach. Yes, that's that makes sense. Um, there was also, like I said, I think there was like thirteen restaurants, more or less. There were another like six or seven bars, and then a bunch of a bunch of villa style places with all the rooms, and then there was like five pools, like spread out across the property. Mm. It was really cool. That is cool. Really cool setup. That's, I mean, if I was going to go to a resort type vacation, that's the kind of place I'd want to go to. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Cause like you, you're, you're really encouraged to walk around mm-hmm. and, uh, it's funny even when I was there, uh, I, I mean, I ate a lot. I don't drink in my normal life and I drink there not a ton, but obviously like a couple drinks, two, three drinks a day, probably four, maybe four. Um, Again, not a ton, but like it's way more than I normally. Yeah, you don't have. drink, and I still lost like two pounds. All the walking, because <laughs> I walked so much. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And you can get like golf carts and shit, but I was like, yeah, I'll just walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. You had like those like I forgot what they're called, like quads and stuff. And yeah, people... they have like people w- roaming around that'll pick you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, uh, similar I just, setup. I then. just walked. 
similar setup, beachfront, barren, uh, nice resorts, and then a city nearby that's like not aesthetically pleasing. Uh, <laughs> um, well, it's funny because the resort that I went to there, it was literally surrounded by a fence with, uh, I can't remember if there's barbed wire on top. I don't think so. There, there wasn't barbed wire. It was the, it was the, um, like hooked, um, the nice looking barbed wire where you have like the sort of the metal supports going up and then angled out. Yeah. No, yeah. With the barbed wire lines going across yes. them. Yes. It was that. And then I think there was like a guard post outside. And I remember the, the photos on Google maps had like neighborhoods outside that looked like basically like dirty suburban neighborhoods. Mm. Like they didn't look like awful, but they basically looked like a normal suburban neighborhood in an American city, just dirtier. Yeah. It's just a dichotomy. It was, yeah. It was an like, interesting. Like next to the, like when they were like next, when they're positioned like that. Yeah. Next to the resort, it looks crazy. Yeah. There's like no zoning laws, you know, they're just building wherever they yeah, want. Yeah, wherever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a similar story to that. The whole like weight loss thing because of the encouragement to walk. Um, last year I attended a wedding for my cousin. Mm-hmm. In Lake Como, Italy. Italy. Right? Yeah. And uh, I had never met my cousin. And our family was invited. And uh, it was a destination wedding, of course. She lives in. FYI for viewers, Alex is uh, Middle Eastern descent. <laughs> so this is a common thing where you throw ginormous weddings and spend shitloads of money and invite a bunch of people you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty much. Um, she lives in Manhattan. And uh, she goes back and forth between um, there and Cambridge because she was getting her second master's that's being paid by the UN. Um, Jesus. So a bunch of the attendees were either from Homefront, New York, or they were like fellow college mates. Mm -hmm. So our family uh, actually had the like it was it was the uh, most amount of travel like we traveled the most essentially because some people came in like hours before the reception was east coast basically yeah east coast exactly um so it was exciting i didn't know what to expect i definitely didn't know any of the other attendees um i didn't even i hadn't even met this side of my family and like i will say that growing up It was like hard to identify with my Persian culture because I'm so I'm Persian and I'm Lebanese. I haven't been to Lebanon or Iran and the only aspect of like Persian culture I had been exposed to that I could actually like chew on and understand is more so is was that like my Persian family side really wanted to be successful and like other Persians in my community really wanted to be successful, but that's not culture. I thought you were going to say food. No, that too. But like every culture has delicious food that I could chew on. Yeah, I know. Right. I should have just gone with that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, I was definitely raised with like awesome food. Like both my parents. It's great. But, but I mean, you too, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, 
regarding Persian culture, if someone were to ask me like what aspects of Persian culture do I like cherish and identify with, it wouldn't be Persian culture. I think it would be like more pertain or pertaining to like how people want to live their life. And it's not like Persian esque. It's just a, for instance, like I took away like that. My, I took away the notion that like my Persian side always pushed for like a higher level of education and like success, but that's not well, a Persian it's not thing. inherently Persian. It's that's because you come, it's because your Persian comes from the upper class Persian. That, 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 yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, so yeah. that, but without that, there was nothing to identify with. Yeah. So it's, you That's identify not, with basically the class your parents came with as opposed to. Yes. Culture. culture. Exactly. And so that was tough. And I kind of was worried about that aspect. And like, I'm different enough where like, I don't speak Farsi. I'm from here and I'm like half Lebanese. And like, every time I go to like these Persian, so it's harder for me to identify without talking about Mm-hmm. education or like as career aspirations and i'm and i don't want to constantly yeah, i mean you're basically a white guy with slightly tanner skin and big nose yeah pretty much and it's like i don't want to constantly have to identify with my career aspirations because i myself don't think much of like myself in that regard i'm not saying that for like any endearment it's just that's how it is so i was worried and i never got it on a big trip with my brother. I, I mean, it was nice because I hadn't talked to my brother in quite some time. And yeah, all of us went together and it was fabulous. I mean, the trip was amazing. The wedding was so bougie and just mm-hmm. brilliant. And Persian weddings are only ever eclipsed by Indian weddings. Probably just by sheer size, too. Yeah. I've heard of what, in, yeah, Indian weddings are like enormous, right? Just yeah. so the food, the everything. Yeah. Um, this was like extremely impressive um, and it was a three day event and I had a blast and I connected with that side of my family and it was just, it was great. Um, Are you more Persian now? I don't know. Cause it sounds to me like you were just exposed to more of the class side. than Yeah, the Persian I, side. I know. I know. I wasn't going to say that, but essentially like I connected with my family more and I'm like a, I've, I can identify with my family, but if someone were to ask me like, what's Persian culture, I wouldn't exactly know. I'm also not Islamic. My mom's not Islamic. Mm. So like I can't even lean on that thread either. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. Like I, I don't, there's, there's something to do with rugs in there. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> just fine dining, fine rug, like fine everything. Yeah. Everything. Just, just I don't fine. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, certain dances, uh, aspects of life and things like this, like I can identify with, with like my Lebanese side. And like, I, I grew up Catholic, Maronites in Lebanon, mm-hmm. like, and I also had a lot of cousins in Arizona. Oh, Lebanon. okay. Yeah. So it's just different. Uh, I think I can easily, I can more easily identify with my Lebanese side, um, I like being Persian, but yeah. In contrast, I had no cousins from my Indian side in Arizona. I had an aunt and uncle for a while, but they moved to Seattle when I was like nine, Mm -hmm. eight, nine, something like that. Yeah. Most of my Indian family is in India or Australia. 
more of my Persian side resides here, but not in Arizona, in the States. Mm. And then a lot of my Lebanese side resides in Arizona, but the majority of them are still Lebanon. Okay. So, yeah. All right. But on that note, too, I've like always had quite a bit of um, bias for California, like positive bias. Because when I was a kid, I would frequent California to see family on my mom's side. Mm. And like, I loved California growing up. California, yay. Yeah, dude. So much. Um, I did too, honestly. Dude, it was, yeah. We didn't We didn't go for family per se. We just went, when I was younger, we went a handful of times for vacation. Yeah. I was, uh, both my brother and I, but particularly I was really into Legoland. Awesome. Yeah. So we went and we stayed in Carlsbad. Carlsbad's gorgeous, dude. Yeah. Carlsbad's awesome. I loved like La Jolla. Um, I remember the first time we stayed there, um, we, I got out of the car at the hotel mm-hmm. and we were very close to the beach mm-hmm. and it smelled like fish because there must have been like a pier nearby. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had ever experienced like overwhelming smell of fish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is going on? It was like a sensory overload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, by the next day, I was used to it. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when I walked into, like, Lily's Market for the first time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> straight up. Exactly. I was, like, overwhelmed for, like, yeah. the first, like, two minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, we're taking another quick break, and yep. we'll be back in a minute. Hey there, podcast listeners. This podcast is proudly sponsored by me. That's right, me. I'm here to tell you about a project I've been working on called the Iowa Moccas. It's a democracy technology project with an accompanying live stream that will be happening sometime in June. Basically, a friend and I are building a real caucus software. This project is based on the now famous debacle that's known as the 2020 Iowa Democratic Caucus. When the Iowa Democratic Party utilized a new technology for the first time in running its caucus, except the technology kind of failed really bad. The thing is, the software that you'd use to run a caucus is not actually that complicated. And so my friend and I wanted to basically just build it. And we're going to run a live stream mock caucus or mockus to prove that it works. Head on over to iowamockus.com because I know, I know you want to learn more about it. Sign up for email updates. We'll keep you updated along the way. I promise we'll use your email very responsibly, more responsibly than pretty much everyone else in politics. And we are going to need a few volunteers to actually make the moccas happen. It's a really, really small commitment of time, but we do need people to fill the spots for the live stream. So once again, head on over to iowamoccas.com, sign up for updates, sign up to be a part of the caucus if you want to be a part of it. Like I said, it's a small commitment. We're talking five to 10 minutes of your day. Anyways, that is it for me. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, so we are in our final stretch here. Another, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Maybe less. Um, what do you want to talk about at this point? I don't know. Things we like to do once uh, quarantine subsides. We have like a normalized schedule. You were talking to me about before this podcast about something with Japan. Okay. I mean, I guess we can keep... Well, yeah, let's stick with the travel theme that this this works. This is more of like planning versus... Um, yeah, yeah, so I had read an article, and this might, by the time this releases, this might be like widespread news or widespread yeah, by the time knowledge. this releases, because like you won't have the ability to 
because we're not we're not we're we're releasing this like what three weeks yeah, later we're or not four weeks creating later. competitors we're, so, we're jumping in on this before you even hear about it from us <laughs> so i read an article <laughs> that uh japan is creating a large fund of 12 and a half billion dollars that they're going to use to subsidize people's trips to Japan over the summer, mm. assuming the coronavirus continues to be mm. managed. Mm -hmm. um, basically, they so they're going to host the 2020 Olympics over the summer. Mm -hmm. That has been postponed by a year. And so they're trying to sort of make up some of the costs that they incurred in and making that happen and try to get some tourism because Japan has a lot of tourism every year. It's mm -hmm. a big part of their economy and they're really hurting because they don't have it. Um, it literally had a 99.9% .9 drop in tourism year over year in April because they shut down the country to mm -hmm. foreign visitors. So they're going to reimburse apparently up to 50% of your trip costs. Now, oh, I, don't, I thought it was just a flight. Well, I, we don't know what the details are. It might just be the flights. It might just be your accommodations. Yeah, because I would imagine that's how they recoup. Like they could pay X amount and then. But because because I, I feel like this is yeah this is a strategy to have people just get to Japan. And that's where they'll get there. Yeah. So the, the headline was kind of vague and the article didn't really provide much information because I don't know if this has been fully finalized yet. Got it. it just said half of your costs, but it wasn't clear what that meant. That could be airline fees. It could be destination fees. Who knows? Probably one of those two things or both. Yeah. Destination slash air. Yeah. Yeah, airline would be very smart. Yeah, I think just a good way to do recoup it. everything there for this for the country. Yeah, I would jump on that in a heartbeat, man. I've never been to Japan. You talked to me. I have would too. If I get, I know that at some point I'm supposed to get uh five six days of PTO or something like a a, a big chunk oh, as okay. my first allocation for my job. At some point here. How does it work for you regarding PTO? So basically once you start after a certain number of months, you get your first chunk. Mm -hmm. And then after a few more, you get the rest of the chunk that you normally have. And then every year on your start date, you get your full allocation. That's nice. But you can only carry over 40 hours. Mm. So you have to use the other 56. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think you get... 64 or eight days is your first chunk. Nice. Um, but I don't remember when. I, I don't remember if it's three months in or six months in. Interesting. That's a very different system than what we have. Mm -hmm. So like... Now, I do have three personal days that cool. apparently... And you get those immediately and you get some sick days immediately. But the personal days are supposed to be in case something like comes up that you have to do mm -hmm. or if you wanted to do like a little trip before you got your full PTO. Mm -hmm. It's like built for that. There's some flexibility regarding personal days. I don't know if we actually have like explicitly like a number of personal days. We do get the sick days obviously up front. We don't get PTO up front. Every... Is yours just accumulated over time? Accumulated by uh, essentially by paycheck. Like that's the cadence. You'll get like a mm -hmm. number of PTO with your paycheck. Um, granted, I, I think don't think part of it. Part of it for us is we have to use them in eight hour chunks. Okay. I don't think we have to do that. So I think I could do a half day here and there. Also, I don't know if there's an actual limit to roll over. You should probably look into that. Well, I know some people that have like 120 plus hours. You should probably double check it anyway. Yeah. They don't pay it out or anything. You're, 
your start date was in November, right? December of 2018. December. Um, I know where I'm at. I keep thinking it's November, but it was December. You're good. I mean, uh, it was like the beginning, like the very, like I, because I quit my previous job in November. I mean, I started right. very beginning of December, so essentially November, um, November, December. And uh, but that's when your rollover date will be. Yeah. 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 For me, it doesn't matter. I haven't been long enough at this company to like even have to check that kind of thing. Like I only get like, as of now, like three weeks or something. Yeah, but you don't want to end up losing out on a week of vacation because it expired. No, right. But like, I do know that like, I wouldn't even approach that cutoff based off of like what people have accumulated because I burned two weeks last year just on the, with that wedding. I'm nowhere, no, I'm nowhere near even like, even at the fullness of this year, if I added like last year minus two weeks, I, like, I know like I, I'm easily. Did you start that job in 2018? Yeah. End of 2018. Okay. Yeah. So, so you had all of 2019 there. So you've already hit a rollover date. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You guess what I'm saying? Oh, okay. I don't know what the ceiling is, but for me, I already know I'm, I'm not there and I, I have that rollover. Yeah. I didn't lose anything. Um, you get like one floating day too. Like it's essentially mm-hmm. a personal day. I mean, we in total between personal and um, PTO days, we get three weeks. That's decent. Just fine. Solid. That's what we get three weeks. Um, and then like one floating holiday that you can like use. And there's like a, there's like a deadline. Oh, floating holiday. Okay. Yeah. So we just have the n- normal 10 holidays and then, um, um, Sick days are separate. Yes. Um, I would love to just. But if I have the PTO days available, I'd be down. Yeah, I would love to like burn my PTO on a trip to Japan. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? It'd be ridiculous. Be sick. You know I love fish. I love fish. Hell yeah. Oh, I'd go dude. just for the sushi, man. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. I'm literally going for the sushi. Oh, yeah. Just like go to like Kyoto or something. Yeah. Maybe get out of the bustle of Tokyo. I mean, Tokyo is like the place that everyone talks about. I'll stay there for like a day or two. Oh, but- yeah. Apparently Kyoto is really nice. Mm-hmm. Look for some Wagyu. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I wonder if that'd be expensive. I imagine it would be. Yeah. It's probably less expensive than in America, but yeah. it's expensive. Oh, man. And uh, get some, get some hella sushi. Oh, get some of that. Some of that authentic. That sushi. sushi. Apparently, even the sushi at like like Kmart, you know, or like gas stations is like incredible. Over there? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I hear that um, all the videos I've watched where people went to Japan, they'd all stop at like a gas station just because everyone's like, oh, that's like good food. And they'd like get something there and be like, this is fucking amazing. Like, why is this at a gas station? I don't understand. <laughs> just a Kyoto Mart. Yeah. <laughs> like what? This would be in a fucking four star restaurant in America. That's insane. Yeah. I wonder if it's cultural. Just a lot of pride in the food. Yeah. Who knows? Dude, it's just, it's just pride. Mm-hmm. Like Japan actually has like, pride in their country mm-hmm. i give them props it's coming from like complete ignorance i've never been but like i just feel like japan doesn't have a lot of resources inherently and they're small and they're like a super country for what they are yeah they don't have a lot there yeah so I don't. they know. really make the most out of it yeah i f- like i don't really know what what they have leaned on regarding like exports like that's 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 just symptomatic of resources that they had available. Like, what do they? 
There's got to be something because they're like the third largest economy. That's in what the world. I'm saying. I don't know if it was all just like technological or if like there's some there's kind definitely of definitely software exports. Yeah. There's definitely car exports. Right. But yeah. Okay. There is that. But there's yeah. other things. I'm sure they got some precious metals and shit somewhere. Maybe you're right. Maybe some oil deposits. Maybe. You know, I'm sure I, they got some. I just always thought they were like a less privileged definitely China. Tourism. Yeah, I guess so. Denser, taller, taller, richer, per capita, more developed. Yeah, I want to know how that country's like. It's pretty amazing that they like totally bounced back from World War Two. Mm-hmm. Like basically, World War people don't even realize this before World War Two. Like when World War One was going on, Japan was basically a feudal society. Like it did not look like a modern society. Mm-hmm. It was xenophobic too. Yeah, and then I think a new emperor took over and was like, we're going to fucking modernize this mm-hmm. shit. And between World War One and World War Two, they totally reinvented Revamp. themselves, became like a world power. It was like a late stage industrialization. I do remember, I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, rapid industrialization, yep. world power. They get destroyed in World War Two. It's still just though, wrecked. Look where they're at. That's what I'm saying. I don't and know like how they did it. All these years later, they have completely, like within... I don't know, within like 20 or 30 years, I think of World War II, they had like completely reinvented again. They went through, they had the whole armistice treaty, so they couldn't build a military. Like they they were very limited in terms of their military, so they couldn't spend money on it. So they just spent money on everything else. And they just became this crazy industrial power. And now they're like the third, I think they're actually the third largest economy. In the yeah, world. that's what I'm saying. Like I, that, I don't know how that country did it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Goes to show the ingenuity. Well, we have like seven minutes left or something. Okay. So maybe we can just talk about like trips we'd want to take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like I, what's on your bucket list? Definitely. So do you want to go first to me? You can go first. Okay. So within the States, I want to go to Portland. I haven't. I haven't been to Portland. Okay. Seconded. Um, We'll do. Yeah. We'll do States and International. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've been to the East Coast. I haven't seen Miami and I haven't been to Atlanta. So I think for just out of curiosity and what I've heard from friends, those are probably the three cities I would I would make the effort to go visit right now. And then also Manhattan just to see those cousins. Um, that'd be nice too. Maybe I can make that happen this year. Have you or, been? You haven't. Have you been to NYC? No, you have. No, yeah. okay. uh, sister has. I need to go. So uh, we're, we're, I'm only going to count places we haven't gone. So I have gone to NYC, so I won't count. Yes. Um, so domestically, I really like the South. I also want to go to Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, also, kind of apparently, I mean, you keep saying Santa Barbara is amazing, so I wouldn't mind checking that place out. It too. is. Um, I want to go to Hawaii for sure. Oh, shit. I forgot about Hawaii. Um, Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Probably Florida once just to see what it's all about. Because like people keep hyping it up. Slash the news is like Florida, man. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, maybe something like North Carolina. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Cool. And then... Uh, I mean, I've technically been to Austin, Texas, but it was literally for a half day. 
I feel like that doesn't count. So I, I mean, I do it in Dallas. I've never been to Dallas. I have been to Dallas. In Austin. I haven't been to Austin. I think I've been to Dallas. Shit. Yeah, Texas. I've definitely too. been to Houston. Maybe I haven't been to Dallas actually. Yeah, I've been to like a I've I've hit a decent spread domestically, but yeah, there are still plenty of cities. Okay, what about international? International? Well, I got some shit on this list. I know this might take a while. Might have to go back and forth. Um All right, let's go by region. Let's start with Europe. Europe? Does the Middle East count? No. It's not in Europe. It's in Asia. I know. Lebanon, though, is kind of like a it's close call. But it's in Asia, though. Yeah. Yeah. It technically is Asia. Asia. But Europe, um, I would like to go back to France and see Nice. Because you've been to Paris, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get more flavor from from, uh, France. Um, Spain would be nice. Um, My parents have gone, talk highly about it. Um, I've heard great things from about Germany. I think Germany would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, see, uh, Austria, some family in Austria and Vienna. Okay. Um, and I've heard Vienna is gorgeous. Um, definitely a must see and Switzerland. I was close in Lake Como mm-hmm. see the Alps, but yeah. What about you? Okay, so Stockholm, mm. um, uh, the Netherlands. What's the city in the Netherlands? I'm forgetting the name. Which one? Their capital. Got to a break. Got to a break. <laughs> I look like an old uncultured swine over I here. Know. Whatever, whatever that name is, I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. Um, Portugal. Oh, I forgot about Portugal. Yeah. Spain, the French countryside, northern Italy, southern Italy. Well, I missed that uh, opportunity. My parents went to um, Milan. No, no, that's northern. No. Oh, in southern Italy? Yeah. The, the, Is Rome in southern Italy? No. Um, they went, and I, I was supposed to go, and I ended up not being able to go. I'll get to it. Um, definitely Germany. Oh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. That's <laughs> fucking, yeah. Well, like I know the name. I just, it's for, I'm forgetting it. Yeah. Um, I've been in the airport. I think. Uh, I think maybe <laughs> even like Poland, like Warsaw. Oh, cool. That'd be kind of cool. But I kind of like do the spread, you know. Amalfi Coast. Amalfi Coast. That's where it was. Parents went. Oh yeah, that's like apparently like like very wealthy area, right? Lake Como is actually very wealthy. Amalfi is I think there are pockets of that. Um but Amalfi like you'll get more of Italy. It's less like okay. catered to tourism. Lake Como is uh Greece. That's in Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Greece. Mm-hmm. That's actually like one of the ones I really want to go to. It's high on my list. Okay, so what about uh, Asia? Hmm, Thailand. Uh, George went, told me great things about it. Um, Philippines, maybe Boracay. Um, Singapore, uh, just to see the infrastructure, um, things like that. Uh, you remember Freya? Mm-hmm. She loved Singapore, and I was convinced. 
Uh, we just talked about Japan. I'm I've mixed feelings about Hong Kong and areas in China. I mean, I I could I, I could, do Hong Kong. Yeah, I could or Taiwan. It's not like a must see for me. Home Taiwan. Cool. I don't think I do mainland China. And then I'd be too worried about tracking and shit. Yeah. The government. Yeah. But Hong Kong Facial and Taiwan recognition are still and separate enough that that won't be an issue. Yeah. Um, and then with the middle, like I wouldn't mind going to India. I'd like to see India. Um, and Tehran, I specify that if I'm ever going to set foot in Iran and uh, Beirut and Lebanon. What about Israel? Yeah. I've heard good, great things about Israel. So, Tel so Aviv? For, yeah, for me, definitely Tel Aviv. Um, probably Jerusalem, too. I mean, I'll do my birthright trip at some point, so yes. I will go to see those. Yes. And then um, I think Lebanon sounds dope. I'd be down. Depending on the political climate, I'd be down for Tehran, too. I feel like Dubai is like... <laughs> Yeah, we talked about this. Yes, no, yeah, it'd be just so ridiculous. Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Definitely Singapore. Definitely Seoul. Oh, I forgot about Seoul. Definitely Japan. I I'd be down for maybe a Hong Kong. Apparently, Hong Kong is like amazing tailors too. So I might like get some custom suits or something while I'm there for like two hundred bucks each or whatever, or four hundred bucks. I wonder if Indochino works with is for out of Hong Kong. Have you heard of them? No. They're like a, it's like a suit supply competitor. Okay. They it's actually, very possible. They actually have an outlet at the, anyway, go on. Um, I might do the Philippines. I feel like there's some islands out in, te- technically in Asia. Like where's the Galapagos? Is that in Asia? I don't know if that might I actually know, don't know. Or like the Maldives. Is that in Europe? Let me see. I'm so ignorant. Places like that. Dude, I really just want to see like pretty much everything. I love animals. So like Galapagos and things like that would be awesome. I think at some point, I honestly think at some point there's going to be a period where I pack up my home for like four months and just jet set around Europe and Asia and just kind of do it all at the same time. Maybe even a little bit more than four months and the reason i say that is because i think it would be um less carbon footprint to do it all at the same time or like no, try yeah. to group as much of it as possible maldives so are by, is by the way just south of india south of india yeah okay yeah so definitely there and uh yeah there are definitely like that area indonesia malaysia like philippine area tons just peppered with islands yeah so that, I'm sure there's some good places around that area. There's Australia that also to. down below. Which oh, yeah. That's its own continent. I know. But yes, I know. Australia for sure. Well, I know that's going to come up. Like, yeah. we'd love to see Sydney. 100%. Yeah. There's definitely multiple cities in Australia I'd love to see. Yep. And then um, in Africa, I'd be down to see South Africa and Morocco. What about Egypt? Egypt, yeah. Oh, Morocco would be great. I've heard that Morocco is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also a lot of Spanish influence up there. Yeah. Um, and French. French. Yeah, it was definitely. a French colony for a while, but yeah. it's also like right next to Spain. 
Uh, also, maybe like Liberia or something, because they have a very like forward-thinking country, apparently. Uh, and then in Latin America, I'm trying to like speed this up because we're a little over. Um, we can just keep going and going. I know it's this gonna be all day long. In Latin America, I mean, definitely Cabo. I've been to Cancun, but I haven't been to Cabo. Mm, my girlfriend's been to Cabo. She um, recommends it. I feel like I'd be down to see Rio. Mm-hmm. I think that would be like a trippy experience, but I'd be down to see it. And then maybe like definitely stuff in the Caribbean. Pretty much every island in the Caribbean I'd be open to see. Yeah, I would like to see Brazil. Um Honduras, Colombia, Cuba. Oh, Cuba. Yeah. Just Cuba, curious. Cuba is a very, very cultured place. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'd love to like go to a salsa bar there. That'd be crazy. Oh, yeah. Just like all these natives that are just like perfectly fluent. And you're just like, how do you, what, what? Yeah. What, what how is the per capita so high here? Uh, I think that isn't that like did we miss a continent I guess we missed North North America right yeah which by the way I've only been to I mean we did the states to most of it but I'd also go to Canada yeah so I've only been to Vancouver Mexico is technically North America right I've only been to like British Columbia slash like Vancouver and that's like an extension of the Pacific Northwest yeah. I'd like to see other areas of Canada I too. Been to Canada at all? Canada's awesome. I I'd go to everywhere, maybe except Quebec, because they're like really egotistical there. Apparently, I did not know that. Yeah, they're kind of like harsh to foreigners. What? That's ridiculous. That's what I've heard. I mean, that could just be pure slander. But for some reason, I want to go to Toronto. I just heard. Tor- hell yeah, Toronto. That's yeah. where it's at. Yeah, Toronto, and then Vancouver. Do Vancouver's awesome? Yeah. Family there, so I. would when I was younger. Yeah, definitely but. want to go to both of those. Faux show. We cover, did we cover every continent, right? Asia, Europe, North America, South America, uh-huh. Australia, Africa. And not Antarctica. Not Antarctica. Yeah, okay, <laughs> so. good. I wouldn't mind flying over Antarctica just for the experience. Getting shot down by the military. That'd be great. <laughs> shot down by the UN. <laughs> Yeah. How ironic. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a, that was why, a fun Why podcast. is there an Earth Ends Here sign? <laughs> <laughs> We're losing air pressure. What? <laughs> There's a giant waterfall at the end of the Earth. Helicopter flies down. Uh, well, that was a good time. Yeah. We will. Uh, oh, actually, we should probably do an outro, huh? Oh, yeah. So uh, check out, you know, YouTube. We need subscribers. I need 100 subscribers at youtube.com slash spyfi. We're trying to diversify, strengthen our our cross-platform base. Um, Portfolio. Yeah, pretty much. So please support us so on smash multiple, that subscribe button. multiple platforms. We'll keep it coming. Uh, like Millen had mentioned in a previous episode, we're trying to do two episodes um, in preparation per visit when we get together so that we constantly have content for you guys. Uh, also, 
you can comment and let us know what you want us to talk about. Um, we'd love we'd love that too. So yeah, if you want to email spyfyofficial at gmail.com. I'll read it. I'll respond to it. Yeah. So just trying to provide awesome content for you guys. So keep listening. We yeah. appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Take care.